Let's talk about blowing it. Not just a mistake, but screwing up big time. This happened to me last week. I had an opportunity to present to a room full of Oklahoma City CEOs, giving them my expertise on a subject, and I blew it. The week before that, I decided to not attend an event, and I missed out on a right place at the right time opportunity. The week before that, I did not land a new client I was hoping to get because I didn't follow up correctly. But these losses are serious fuel for change for me. I'm making major upgrades to my thought processes, self-evaluation, and workflow. Not just adjustments, but I'm overhauling all the ideas about what I can and should do. Uh, this is opening me up to new ideas that I didn't think I could achieve in certain ways, and now I believe that I can do. So this losing streak, it shook me. It did. Uh, but I'm actually a better professional for it now, and I'm going to have a conversation with you on the podcast today about what it means to learn those lessons. So let's talk about big screw-ups, resetting your mindset, challenging your system, and swallowing that huge slice of humble pie. It's good for you to do occasionally. It's a little jarring, but in the long run, it will make you a better version of you. So maybe even a better version than you thought you could be. Let's investigate that on the podcast today. Here we go. It's Saturday. I'm in the office. You know what that means. The Saturday Morning Hustle Podcast. Out working the competition while they still sleep. This podcast is for anyone willing to come in early, stay late, and work on the weekend in order to achieve success. And we're going to talk about achieving success today by embracing big-time screw-ups. I stepped in it big-time recently, not just once, twice, three times. And it really, it got me. It had me shaken for a little bit, but I've regrouped. I've really changed my perspective and some ideas on things. And I definitely wanted to share you with you the process of taking the loss, really seeing what value could be brought out of it, and diving deep into the actual learning process. Not just saying it, not just acting like, oh, I'll, I'll get better from this literally embracing feedback, asking people for honest opinions, really diving into, and in the, the changes I made in mindset, but also some systemization and other things too. So I'm going to explain all this to you today on the podcast. We're going to do this together. We're not going to focus too much on what I screwed up on. That's not important. We are going to focus on how I've moved myself forward, how I've changed my thought process, and how you might be able to take some of these nuggets and do it for yourself as well. So for those of you who follow me on social media, I tweeted and posted this earlier in the week, specifically a quote here. One week ago today, I failed miserably at something I put a lot of effort and attention into. It sucks to lose, but the fresh perspective I gained is actually motivating me to be much, much better at what I do. I set my sights too low. I now know there's a greater goals to achieve. That was the tweet the Instagram post, the LinkedIn post, great responses from all you out there about being able to own up when you make the mistakes. I was really feeling it. I had just made this major mistake in the presentation for the CEOs and I was feeling it immensely. And I put that post out knowing I was going to talk about it on the podcast eventually. So here it is. Number one, first you have to recognize, you absolutely have to recognize, and not lip service, but recognize deep inside your brain and inside your soul that you have failed at something, that you have really screwed up. There's lots of mistakes, lots of unexpected outcomes, 
That happens on a very, very regular basis. And if you've heard this podcast more than once, you know that's part of the process. I'm really talking about a massive, big opportunity that really went from maybe I won't, maybe it won't be an opportunity to that was really bad. That really set me back. It really had to make me not just think about the, the smallest bit of execution, not the details, but the big picture of what I was doing. So number one, you have to admit that you failed. And in the tweet, I said I failed miserably and it sucks. Just write up, get it done. And now you can move forward from there, right? Because there's an opportunity to make yourself better as a professional, as a person. I get in the tweet, uh, it was fresh perspectives. I set my sights too low and there are greater goals. So big wins come with the potential for big losses. And both of them have big impact on you. When you win big, it feels good. You move yourself forward. And those, often those big wins are what you build upon to get the next level of big wins. Big losses have the same amount of impact. It's just not so easy to see how it gets you to the next level. But big losses will make you re-examine if you're on the right track and how you got so far off center. When you have small setbacks, when you have some unexpected outcomes, sometimes you're trying to figure out how you got from point A to point C, where B, point B in the middle got you off the path. And sometimes it's a veering and sometimes it's minor. Sometimes you don't take it seriously enough to actually make major change. You literally say to yourself, it'll be okay. That's fine. Won't do that again. I'll make sure not to do that again. When you're shooting from A to C and you stop at B, which is nowhere near getting where you want it to be, and you really don't know how you got there, it really forces you to examine your process. So that's super important. That's what we're going to do today. So again, I had a three-hour presentation for a group of CEOs. This was my opportunity to talk about my expertise and talk about my approach to business. And to teach them something to be beneficial for them was the point of having me as their speaker. The reason I did the presentation, the reason that I was willing to give three hours of my time and expertise was so that I could create business relationships and demonstrate to these people who might want to hire my business, the Golden Group, as their consulting firm. Instead, I screwed that up. In fact, I think everyone in that room thought I was kind of a dumbass because I made some serious mistakes in my approach to the whole presentation. Number one is I over-prepared. That sounds like not a problem. I over-prepared the wrong content for the audience. I got more focused, was more focused on the fact I had a three-hour presentation, on the fact that I needed to lead a group through three hours of content. That was my first mistake. Number two, I changed my philosophy about how I do my presentations. I actually used some outside reference material and I, and I changed a lot of my t standard approach. So that was the second part. And then number three was I wasn't thinking about the audience correctly. I was thinking about how I often talk about strategic planning, business development, et cetera. And I'm often in a room of general people, people who aren't necessarily the highest level business experts. And so I explain a lot of concepts, definitions, all kinds of process from point A to point Z and everything in between. And I thought in a three-hour presentation, I was going to need all that content. But what I forgot is that the first rule of communicating is to know who you're talking to, what it is they need and want to hear from you and the value that you can create in that process. When you're talking to a general audience, you do have to give them the full scope of a conversation on something complex like business development and strategic planning. 
when you're talking to all C-level experts who are running successful companies who are in this program because they're achieving great things and they want to be even better, they operate at a very high level. It's a completely different conversation. And that's one of the big failures I had was I did not focus on who it was I was talking to and what they expected from me. The second thing that I was doing is I was making assumptions about how much depth of detail, how much information can be conveyed in something that is specific to every business like strategic planning. About the fact that it seems like you can't really create examples because it gets, I can't give examples from my clients, the work we do for them, because that's detailed information that's private to them. And I can't release that to the world. And then creating generic examples always felt like me didn't make sense because there's so many variables in strategic planning process that you're likely to do something that doesn't make sense. But that assumption is what screwed me up. Actually, if I'd created examples, I could have given a much clearer definition, a much clearer picture, a better presentation. What happened was in our Q&A process, once the presentation broke down and there's nothing more stressful than being 30 minutes into a three-hour presentation and realizing that you have not prepared anything correctly and that you're on the wrong path. And the audience is letting you know, although they were a group of great people, they were very nice to me. They were very engaging. They tried very hard to ask questions and to give, for me to give them examples so that they could get some value out of the three hours we're going to spend together. But once it was all done, I wasn't prepared correctly and I did not present for them what they needed, even though they did a great job of trying to engage me during Q&A. Typically, I can carry a Q&A conversation because I often speak to a room full of people who do not have as much experience about strategic planning, business process, and development as I do. In this case, these people had the same amount, some people more experience, and definitely different experience. And they had specific things they were looking for out of the conversation from me that I was not giving them. So again, I did not plan for the audience correctly and couldn't just shift into Q&A or try to charm them or BS them or convince them of something otherwise because they knew what they were talking about and they knew the specifics that they were expecting at a high-level conversation. So I did not prepare for the audience correctly. I over-prepared too much stuff that was not beneficial. I focused on three hours instead of focusing on very specific attention. Now, the lesson that I learned was that I can, after, after hindsight, right? After this was done, after I went home and started thinking about the questions they were asking and the examples they were giving me or the examples they were asking for and the conversation we did have in the room, I was able to formulate examples, maybe fictitious or in their case, something they were telling me where they felt comfortable telling me in, in that setting, but I could formulate examples and go to the depths necessary that I do with my clients when we're in a private conversation about what their strategy should be for their business that they that could have been beneficial to everyone in the room. So it would have been specific to the example, but I would have given so much detail that everyone would have understood the process better. I focused on the outline of the process and not specifically on what it was they needed to know within that because they understood the outline of the process because they were running successful businesses. So this is how I screwed up, was trying to change it on the fly, was trying to engage as much Q&A as possible, but even then I wasn't prepared 
in order to give them the depth that they needed because they were experts. So I overprepared in all of the wrong ways. I was trying to shift on the fly. And you, again, you can do that when you're the smartest person in the room. You cannot do that when you are the least experienced and probably the less smart person in the whole room. So you just can't make up these things and, and try to go along with the flow when you're talking to an expert level group. But you also can't stay in the mode of only presenting in rooms where you are the smartest person. This is a fallacy of mine. It's something I've not challenged myself to get out of my own comfort zone. Is It's very easy for me to do a presentation for a group of people who do not know the subject matter because I, becomes, I become the expert. I become the smartest person in the room. They pay attention. Whatever I tell them is going to be more valuable to them. But you can't grow yourself and you definitely can't grow a career or expand your audience or build your business on playing it safe and trying to be in a comfortable situation where you don't challenge yourself. I've told you this before. You have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to challenge yourself. I now realize I had not been doing that, was taking easy assignments, easy way out. And instead, when I got into the opportunity where I could make create relationships with people I could do business with, they would hire me, pay me, do the things that I want out of business. I was unprepared for it because I had been previously allowing myself to self to stay in safer situations that I have more control of. Once I get out of a situation that I couldn't control, it went south really fast. Now again, <laughs> I'm embracing this mistake. I'm asking people in the room for feedback. I'm asking the person who invited me to speak for honest feedback as well. And I'm listening to them before I ever tell them the interpretation I have of the day because I want to learn these lessons. So this has made me understand that I can present at this level that I thought previously wasn't attainable because there are audiences that are ready for it. So I have broken down my assumptions and it's made me now think about the depth that I go through when working with a client and how I can translate that into a conversation in a room like this, which then also means I could translate that depth into a written presentation, into a video presentation, into a course, maybe a series of podcasts or a book or something of that nature. Because there's so much more depth, there's so much more detail, and there's so much more ability for the audience to assume the audience can follow along than I previously thought. So I am rethinking my entire process of how I do presentations like this, but also how I speak to potential clients and how I um, try to ingrain our expertise and the services we provide as a, as a company with explanations at expert levels so that we can present ourselves as the experts we are and not just simply people who know something about the subject. So again, challenging myself, challenging my, myself to be better in my role uh, with the company, pushing the company forward, trying to reach different higher levels of success because this one failure, as uncomfortable as it was, as hard as it was to, to take in that moment and for the week after and the eventual feedback that I'm asking for, from the people involved, who's going to, it's going to sting a little bit, but it's not going to sting that much because I know what they're telling me is true. I know whatever they tell me, whatever things that I thought was a failing is true. And I know through this conversation here, I could tell you that what they tell me, the direction I'm giving and the information I can glean from that can lead me to being not just better, not just good, but really great at the specifics that they were looking for to begin with which then puts me 
at a higher level of potential conversation. So I'm taking the big L. I'm taking the big setback. I'm taking the, the fact that I wasn't able to control the conversation on the fly. And kind of lumping it all together in what I'm calling growing pains. Getting outside my comfort zone, forcing myself to be better, forcing myself to really operate at a much higher level and creating new expectations for myself, setting new goals for myself, setting new goals for the business that creates a potential for opportunity. So you can look at it as a setback or you can look at it as the fuel, the potential for the future. I literally have different and better ways of thinking about how conversations go with this audience, which are the target audience for my business and the potential for me to create business relationships with them moving forward. So I'm in a much better position. I'm much more likely to have better CEO conversations, potential target conversations, potential audience conversations, higher levels of opportunities to do presentations to groups of experts, not just general business owners, but top in professionals and then learn from them as well, being part of a, of a two-way conversation of something that is bigger and different than what I was thinking previously. Then how do I turn that out, uh, turn that else into something else that has a, a value, whether it's I sell something directly or use it in order to gain business for my company. So the long way around is I had an expectation that I didn't think was going to work out. I thought it was going to work out and it didn't. And that jarred me enough. It shook me enough. It rattled me enough. It made me question enough in order to re-examine how I go about such a thing and re-examine what the possibilities can be. So I'm really taking this very negative three hours and the follow-up that comes from it and the week or two after that and really trying to apply it into something I can move forward with without falling into the trap of imposter syndrome. Now you guys know imposter syndrome, right? And I spoke a little bit about this on the last episode of the Balance series, the bonus podcast content from the Saturday Morning Hustle that's um, released on the last Monday of each month. The last one that was released this week, because it's the last week of the month, was all about imposter syndrome in a variety of ways. I touched on this subject matter, and in this case, having a presentation go this poorly, really having a biggest loss that I've had in a very long time can put you into an imposter syndrome mode, feel like you should have never been there in the first place, you have never tried to accept that opportunity, should have never taken on that challenge. That would be imposter syndrome. I recognize it as imposter syndrome, and I'm not going to fall into that trap. I'm going to avoid imposter syndrome for sure. Imposter syndrome happens right on the spot. When I was in the room, I realized I was taking, I realized that, that the people involved were not getting what they wanted out of the conversation. And then, of course, the next day, I felt bad about it. I started receiving feedback. I felt bad again. The next week, still feeling like I really screwed up. Should I or should I not do these things? The, question, the answer is yes, I should, because I do understand what it was they were looking for. I just didn't have it at the time. I, and I now have the answers to their questions they were asking. I just didn't have it at the time. It's not that I'm not capable. I just wasn't prepared for it correctly. So I'm not being an imposter and I'm not letting imposter syndrome slow me down at all. So with that, think about three-hour presentation that felt really bad. Then, within a week of that, at another missed opportunity, I was planning on attending an event, and there was someone there I was hoping to meet. I thought if I met with him, have a conversation with him, I might be in a potential to follow an opportunity. I ended up not attending that event, 
that person that I was trying to get a hold of was there and they did connect with someone else and now they've moved in that direction. So I missed another opportunity. Self-inflicted, a failing in my part. Easy to look back and say, man, I should have went. I knew I should have went. I was thinking about it, but I was lax in my approach and it, I lost an opportunity. The main thing is it's not the only opportunity I'm going to have. There are tons of opportunities on a regular basis, some that we fall into, some that we create ourselves. I need to be more focused on creating my own. I, again, I've been sitting into a comfort zone of good things coming to me, of having good clients already, of having relationships, of having a reputation, of having a self-brand, of having the business brand, of having all that, of being able to talk to you on this podcast every week, doing the, the Strategic Growth Podcast with Pritch Pitcher for the business as well. I have all of that moving, and so I can easily assume, and you know what happens when we assume, you know, makes an ass of you and me, that I didn't need to do at the amount of networking, that amount of, of personal marketing, and I've been proven that that is wrong. It is proven that I do need to do that, and this failing has reinvigorated my idea of being able to go out, do these things, participate in the community, and I find I ultimately will find it beneficial for sure. So it's a missed a positive potential opportunity. It won't be the only opportunity. And there's no guarantee that I would have got it if I'd gone anyways. But I definitely see my fallacy in not pursuing it. And so I'm making sure that I don't make that same mistake again. I also, the week before that, actually lost a great potential client. I was looking forward to working with this person, with their business. I really thought I was going to be, and I had several conversations that got more and more progressive into we were ready to work together. Had a full-on conversation about how that would work, some some time and cost estimates, et cetera. I promised I would send it to them. I did formulate an email and send it the same day. My failing was I then was very soft in my follow-up. I wanted to give them time to digest all the information from the conversation and what I presented them. It's a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of focus, a lot of dedication, a lot of commitment from them. And I didn't want them to think that I was, that I was strong-armed them or just you know trying to get that check from them, but I was trying to be what I thought was beneficial in letting them make their decision. What I found out when they told me that I had failed to send them the email, the email that was in my send box. It was in my outbox. My email system says it went. The two people it was supposed to go to claim they never got it. And it's two versus one. I have to assume that they're right, that the email did not get to them. I don't know why. Can't explain it. It's a technical issue, but you can't make mistakes like this, right? But I can learn a lesson and I can make sure I don't make that same mistake again. So now I've created a system for blind copying and, and doing other things so that major emails, conversations with clients and pitches and information that's been requested in a timely manner, that I can guarantee that at least it gets to something, someone who's addressed on the email. So I created a system to eliminate the potential for that happening again. But I also thought about the fact that I again, made some assumptions about what the client wanted, what the client needed. And it was more about me and less about them. And I probably was kind of counting my chickens before they'd hatched. I was really already thinking about how we were going to provide services for this client, what I would be doing in, in partnership with them, how we would be using it for our own marketing. Of course, the paychecks that would come in and, and the 
the income that would be applied to the business, what we might do with that on the business side. Maybe everyone was going to get a Christmas bonus, things of that nature. So, you know, counting those chickens before they hatch is always a bad idea. And that probably led into my soft approach to follow-up. So I have changed my systems, I've put technology in place, and I've changed my attitude about how to address potential clients. Now, I'm not going to go the other way and strong-arm people and tell people, sign under the line right now and write me a check today. I'm not going to take that approach either because I don't like that approach and I appreciate it when I was a client. I don't do that to my clients, but I am going to have some quicker check-ins, some, some soft ask, etc. a different system in order to avoid that mistake so that I don't make that mistake again. So ultimately, what are our, lo- what are our big lessons that we can take away from all this? Again, when you aim big, when you try to win big, you have the potential to lose big. And losing big has a big impact upon you. When you win big, it moves you in great ways and you make changes in order to continue that success, to build upon that success. When you lose big, you have to do the same thing. You have to take a big look at yourself, make big changes, really follow what you've learned from the process. Small things are adjustments or can be chalked up to situational, but big things uh, in the direction that you're trying to go, the thing that would, if you'd want it, if you'd, if you'd succeeded, would have moved you in a great way, you really have to understand how you didn't. And I do mostly understand that. I'm going to continue to get more feedback from the people that were disappointed in my presentation, from the client that I didn't get, et cetera in order to make sure that you don't make that same mistake again, that you put yourself in a much better position next time. There's no guarantee you're going to get get success the next time. There's no guarantee you're going to knock that presentation out of the park, that you're going to get that client, that you're going to be in the right place at the right time. But the likelihood goes up and the potential to capitalize on it goes up if you learn to not make the same mistakes over and over again. So aim big, win big, lose big has big impact. It's only a failure. If you stop or you fail to learn lessons, I've said that on this podcast many times before, right? It's only a failure if it makes you completely stop. If I were to tell you I was never doing a public presentation again because of how bad this failure was, that would be exactly that of failure. Not a bad outcome, not a setback, not just a bad day. And if you don't learn your lessons, you're you're doomed to repeat them. And that in and of itself was failure because you'll repeat the mistakes until you fail, until you quit. So you're putting yourself on a path to failure. So learn those lessons and don't let it stop you as long as it is something you should be doing. And you have to resist imposter syndrome in that case to really break down the big points into the finer points and to find the things that you do have control over, that you are an expert at, that you can bring to value to the conversation and then build upon that in order to dispel imposter syndrome in your own head. Always try to walk away better from any situation, but the big losses you need to big time in order to kind of get over that sting, that, that pain in your chest and that, that, that pit of your gut that says, man, I really screwed this up. The only way that you can accept that is to walk away better and challenge yourself to be better, to be better prepared, to have more expertise, to have the value that was needed that you didn't previously Whatever it was that caused you to fail or to have the setback or the unexpected outcome or just simply to blow the opportunity, 
Make sure you correct those things and then challenge yourself to not just get to that next level, but past it because of the lessons. When it's a big fail, there's big lessons. Take those lessons and move to the next level. So don't go back to normal. Don't go back to status quo. Don't go back to where you were. Don't go back to, I'll try this again and be a little bit better. I'm going back again to master it and move forward in a bigger, better way. Challenge yourself in that way. And then, of course, be open-minded. Accept your losses. Take your medicine and get better. This is why they tell you, that they use the phrase, take your medicine. When you take your medicine, when you're ill, it makes you feel better. Take your medicine. Admit your mistakes. Admit your failing. Embrace the changes necessary. And you'll feel better about yourself and your approach. And the next time you attempt it, you'll feel like you're in a better position and you're better prepared and you're better aware of what's necessary to be successful. So own up, accept those losses, take that medicine, take that lump, accept the the feedback, negative and positive. We all love positive feedback, but you need the negative feedback. They call it constructive criticism for a reason embrace it. Let it be constructive. Let it inform you. Let it benefit you. Let it raise you to higher levels, not just to where you're trying to go, but above that and beyond that. Raise those goals. Continue further. So when you say, man, I feel like a loser, think about how you're going to make that into feeling like a winner. And ultimately, stay undefeated. I got the, uh, the Defining Moments podcast t-shirt on today. They're the undefeated.show if you want to find them online. I did an interview with them recently that was really awesome. We talked more about background. We didn't have any of this big loss conversation, but they're big, big proponents of thinking big, of winning big, of taking your small losses and moving forward, of staying undefeated. That's what I'm doing as well. So I have been sharing with you for the last half hour how I had big mistakes I'm not a mistake. I'm not a screw up and I'm not a loser. I'm just someone who made some mistakes, but I've learned some lessons. I'm challenging myself and I'm not going to make those same mistakes again in the future. I can guarantee you that. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review. Appreciate some reviews. It would help a lot. Share this with a friend. Maybe they're winning. Maybe they're losing. Maybe they had a setback. Tell them that they can embrace those things and make themselves better moving forward. You can get some DM podcast swag at undefeated.show find them online you can get the Saturday Morning Hustle coffee and donuts and entrepreneurial swag at SaturdayMorningHustle.com make sure you follow and engage on social media as well Twitter Instagram LinkedIn and the Facebook fan page the podcast page on Facebook as well don't miss an episode of the Saturday Morning Hustle every Saturday and the bonus content I mentioned it earlier the balance series bonus content of the Saturday Morning Hustle just released a new episode all about imposter syndrome, how to to balance feeling like an imposter, feeling like you're an expert somewhere in between. How do you keep these things balanced so that you don't miss out on opportunities because you're not engaging and not presenting yourself as an arrogant fool because you are being too much, too confident, overconfident. So, How do you balance these things and avoid imposter syndrome? There is a full 30-minute conversation on the channel right now. So however you found this podcast, go back to the episode before that, and that is the Balance Series for September 2022. Appreciate you guys so much tuning in each and every week. I will see you again next week. Hopefully not talking about losing. We'll be talking about winning. See you then. Saturday morning hustle. Saturday morning hustle.
keep chasing your dreams.